everybody. It's your good, good friend. Your DM, Michael. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not Michael. Yeah, hi. Uh, I, as I was sitting here for like three minutes trying to figure out how the hell to introduce this segment. Gotcha. You guys thought I was Michael. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hello. Uh, welcome back to Dungeons, Dragons, and Dives, the talk show we apparently do. Um, I am here tonight with uh, Erica. Hi. Uh, who plays Clay, our lovely uh, orc, half-orc blacksmith friend. Um, and this is the second in our series of, um, I guess, origin video. That, that word just seems... I mean, I realized I, I labeled the first uh, the first episode character origins. Craig, the tap dancing sorcerer. He And he's the least serious out of any of us, so like... Yeah, why? and also like <laughs> kind of the simplest backstory I found. Like, it's pretty... His is pretty straightforward. I, I, I was homeless and I do magic. And the that's end. about the end of it. Yeah, um... Which, you know, I love. I love that it's it's nice and simple. We seem to be going up in complexity as we go, because Clay's, we're going to find out, is a little bit more... I know basic stuff, but, you know, we're going to explore most of it together. We're going to find out that Sir HD is like a neurosurgeon. Sir HD's... I talked to, I talked to Corey about his, and... Uh, it's a mess. <laughs> it's well, it's a fun mess, but I mean we're definitely we're definitely going up in, in in complexity and intensity as we go. I mean, all we know is that he was a hermit. We don't know what what he did as a hermit. Yeah, all we know is that allegedly Tim tripped over or Craig tripped over him in a bush before right. the adventure started. We haven't gotten that far. So, um I'm curious to see how that'll go. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh like I said, I got a basic thing from him that I'm still trying to work out because damn. Well, thankfully mine is pretty It's pretty first 10 minutes in like a coming of age movie. Yeah, from so. what I from what you've told me so far, it's pretty simple, but we're yeah. going to we're going to go through sort of the more intricacies of it as we as we get started. So, every uh, so uh, everybody, <laughs> there's one of you here. Everyone, everyone. Everyone who nobody else is actually here. I'm not even pretending. Uh they Erica, they don't yeah, they don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, Erica. Michael. Introduce yourself and your character. <laughs> Hi, I'm Erica. Um, in case you didn't know what voice goes with which face. Did you? Face? No, I mean, which... Well, I guess they haven't really seen our faces. No. Huh. Well, anyway. Um, uh, my name's Erica, and I'm, uh, Clay. I play Clay. I... Inhabit. Inhabit Clay. Clay inhabits me. Um, uh, he, they are a half-orc. Um, so they, they're very uh, humanoid looking. Uh-huh. Um, minus the greenish-gray skin, the slightly pointed ears, and the fangs that yeah. protrude. And being like, what was it, seven feet tall? I want to say... Six uh, and eight... I can't remember exactly what we saw, but it's definitely six and some good change. Yeah, so if you were to see them, you'd probably think they played basketball, but (laughs) more than that, you may not really know. They're usually slouching. Yeah. Um, They are a blacksmith. Um, They're soft on the inside. Okay. With a crunchy exterior. Yeah, yeah. Not to the touch, but... Yeah, but <laughs> to the taste. That's not <laughs> Smell, mm. probably not either. Um, we should make scratch and sniff 
stickers. Why would we do that? <laughs> it would just smell like sweat. And Sir HD would be like a slight hint of chocolate. Yeah, some like cinnamon and tulip, which I don't Cherry think would Garcia. go. Cherry Garcia. Oh, <laughs> as Everyone's we've discussed fucking today, nobody eats that. Unless you do, Clay, in which case, I love you. Clay would be pistachio. Pistachio. Yeah. <laughs> ben & Jerry's doesn't have pistachio, do they? It doesn't matter what Ben & Jerry think. What Ben & Jerry's flavor would Sir haagen be? That's a copy, that was mostly copyright a, infringement. Yeah, that. <laughs> it was mostly just a stupid joke. Because I realize it's one of those things where you say it after like over and over again and it Loses stops. Its meaning. Yeah, it stops being the name of, of America's favorite ice cream brand. Um, Favorite? Oh, Flame War. Flame War. America's, not necessarily. My, I don't have any. <laughs> until somebody pays me to endorse one of them, I shallant. I shallant. You shallant? I shant. Um, God, we've been going for a bit, haven't we? I don't know what else to say about them. They, well, no, I, that's what, I, what I'm saying is that we've. Uh, my catchphrase for them is weapons. They know how to make them, but they don't want to use them. Okay. Because they, they don't, they don't like, they, I'm also thinking that Clay is a little bit squeamish. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, just a little, not a lot. Aside a from all the, the grisly um, murder. They, I mean, they, they do it in that for us. It's kind of like, oh, it's, mm-hmm. who, oh boy, I don't feel good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so other than that, I don't really know what else to. That's fine. So, uh, we're going to get into this then, um. Go ahead and uh, take it from the top. Describe where where is Clay currently? No, where is where 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 is Clay from? Clay is from uh, this little community called the Cliffs, uh, and it's um, literally on a rock face where it's like uh, literally a cliff and then sea, like just water. Um, and they, this community is like an outcropping of just a bunch of weirdos, just a bunch of different <laughs> races and, um, now like, is it, um, would you say, is it mostly non-humans? I'd say a good, yeah, I would say like 75%. Uh-huh. Non-human, mm-hmm. and then the rest human. Um, now, now, the cliffs. For me, the cliffs sort of evokes like a... I mean, obviously it's on the side of a cliff, so it's kind of craggy and rocky. Mm-hmm. Are there like like rock outcroppings in and around the village itself also? Or is it mostly just on the edge of the cliff? Picture, it sounds like... it To me, it sounds like a lemony snicket like environment where it's woods and then literally just a drop off and it's just sheer rock Uh down to water. Okay. Um, and there's, I'm sure there was some sort of rock wall, sort of a thing to prevent people just slipping and falling. Right. Yeah. On the edge of the town. Sure. But not necessarily like, like it's not, it's not, uh, it wasn't built there strategically like to hide behind rocks and stuff. Right. It's more so there because it's kind of like they're at the edge of the map. They know people aren't going to come out this far. Uh There's nothing out here. Uh, there isn't even really a way to safely get down the cliff face to the water Mm -hmm. besides jumping. Right. Um, so 
the whole point is that this is like a camp of essentially refugees for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, well, that's an interesting thought. We we talked about the fact that it's sort of a refugee village. Uh, I we haven't really delved into any politics at all in sort of the main uh the main campaign in in you know sort of the setting we have it, it, for the most part it's been a pretty small adventure so far yeah i feel like the politics in this world are just war yeah if there's a war who the war is fought between yeah and the effects of said war <laughs> it seems yeah it seems kind of like uh like uh the main party has not sort of encountered this but you know clay seems to have at least in their past uh the main sort of like conflict that I'm imagining sort or that we've both imagined sort of in this region generally is kind of like a Warcraft vibe. It's mm-hmm. very much orc orc and human scuffles. Yes. Like like bands of wild, like marauding orcs mm-hmm. have just been roaming the country. Kind of like the um I was gonna say wildlings. That's not what I meant, but that's actually part of it but uh but like the the wild men from lord of the rings mm. that just kind of, or i mean hell or the orcs from lord of the rings <laughs> uh even though the orcs in this world are uh, i like to imagine pretty standard D big not like gross little goblin men yeah but um yeah like sort of orc marauders or at least non-human marauders maybe some hobgoblin sort of things uh and i would say less wars and more large armed conflicts mm. you know maybe with like local militias i don't really know i mean we haven't exactly explored whether or not there's a large central government yet yeah i don't um all i think is all i think all i <laughs> really think it it pertains to is uh um people not even really knowing one of those things where the war has been going on for so long quote unquote war mm-hmm. that it's not so much a wo- world war Mm-hmm. as it is just constant It's just kind of the fighting. way things go. Yeah, and you're fighting and you don't really know why. Mm-hmm. And then someone will come along and be like, why Why are we doing this? What, right, did, yeah. have, has an orc ever hurt you or whatever? And they'll be like, no, but this is what we do. Like, we've been doing this for years and years and years. It's just kind of what you do. Um, yeah. And you don't question it. So Cool. Yeah. Uh, so the Cliffs was sort of formed out of a, a community of displaced yeah. people. Mostly non-humans because, you know, there are large, like, human cities and human... Not that humans are terribly exclusionary, but with the sort of conflict, especially... Like, I imagine there's a very large orc population in the cliffs, and I imagine that they're a little bit afraid. There's a little bit of tension for them walking up to, like, the gates of Neverwinter and going, I'm displaced, can you help me? Yeah. So, you know, they go to the woods and they make their own sort of way. Yeah. Now, here, here's a question for you. This is actually a question I thought of earlier uh, the other day. Were you born in the cliffs? Yes. You were born in the cliffs. Yes. How long do we think that this village has been around? Uh, so, I, I thought that, uh, so before Clay was born, let's say roughly, I wouldn't say more than like 10 years okay. before they were born. I really don't think it's that old. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also wasn't like their mom and dad weren't the ones as part of the Mayflower sort of a deal. Okay, I was actually going to ask you um, that next, whether or not your parents helped yeah, no, found the place. No, because I think Clay did grow up in a very already established 
environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was stable in that way. Right. Where there's just, to me, it was kind of sort of like a stalemate. Like anyone who came to the gates kind of, like you said, had that um, like apprehension to uh-huh. come, oh God, like what, what have they heard? What racism is there for me here? But for sort of the deal with this community is that if you if you are here, it's for a reason, and immediately all judgment stops, mm-hmm. and it's just a place for people who don't have anywhere to go. Like yeah, I mean this is not a place you're you're not gonna get tourists who are building their summer home. No, people are truly desperate to come. Yeah, here. and no one's gonna interview about like no one's gonna ask where your papers are. Or There's not a like fucking that. HOA. No, it's just kind of we're here. Cool. We are what we are. So, so you were born in the Cliffs. Now, you mentioned your parents, and we, yeah. we've talked a little bit about this, but for, for everybody else, who are your parents? Because uh, they, they seem to be relatively formative for you. Yeah, Clay's parents are uh, Faye, this is, is their mom, and Orion is their dad. And Orion is a full orc. Um, he's one of the fighters in the village. Like, uh-huh. uh, if they're ever needed to... Uh, even hunting that needed to be done. Right. He was one of them, like any sort of weapon handling. So is that, that's kind of um, his job as sort of yeah. security. Yes. Training um, and hunting sort of thing, hunting gathering. Yeah. Um, and their mom is fully human. Um, they were, I wrote that they uh, were a refugee from, uh-huh. uh, he was there before she was. Oh, okay. Um, and he kind of helped run the town, and she showed up one day uh, as a refugee from these wars, okay. having nowhere to go. Um, I don't think she was with her parents. I think she was with just other people who were mm-hmm. coming to this place, had heard about this place. And um, he, essentially what, ha- what had happened is he went off to fight. Like, there were some rogue people in, yeah. the, in the woods. And he kind of subdued them to keep the community safe. And he got really hurt. Mm-hmm. And um, Clay's mom um, did a lot with healing and medicine. And, okay. Um, now, was she, like was she so, magical in any way as far as you no, remember? Just no. She's just a medicine um, person. Yeah. Neither of Clay's parents were at mm. all magically inclined. As far as Clay As far as knows, Clay knows, yeah. They did not... Not that they shunned it. But right. they just... Didn't. They just um, were mundane. Didn't. Yeah. Uh, so their mom basically helped patch him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry. And they fell in love. Oh, it's a Florence Nightingale sort of thing. It's a, sort of a yeah. of a George McFly situation. Exactly. Um, it's kind of funny. I don't know fun. why. I I got this into my mind that like for some reason they were together before and they were like a star-crossed lover sort of thing. <laughs> but I feel like that's just all the media that I consume. Well, I think he pro- I pro- I think he probably felt that way a little bit cuz his dad their dad um is very uh, very traditional orc, not as in is an asshole, but is uh-huh. is very tough and is it's it's sort of a um, warlike community mostly yeah. because it's very tribal and it's because it's kind of out of necessity. Yeah. Um. And and he, yeah, was just a just a general all around tough guy. And mm-hmm. so even him being treated by this human woman that he doesn't know, uh, she's kind of new. Mm-hmm. Um. Even though she's established herself in the community, she's new in town. He's like, he's like, mm, okay. 
Um, and, and we've talked about the inclusiveness of this sort of society. Did I mean, did they get any side eye, or was it pretty, like, another day, another dollar? Yeah, it was pretty run-of-the-mill. And if another oh, person okay. was like... It, then another per it would be probably an older person who mm -hmm. had come into this community as opposed to someone who was born into it. Yeah. And someone else would shut that down real quick. They'd right. be like, hey, we're all outcasts here. So mm -hmm. you can't make outcasts within this outcast circle right. here. And we, I mean, um, we've talked about this uh, before. It's, it's also sort of the, um, sort of probably out of necessity, but for the best, the whole issuing of gender role sort mm -hmm. of things. Like, I mean, Women, men, women, and others performed all yeah. jobs essentially. Like yeah. there were there were female body people in the fighting force, and there mm -hmm. were men who helped you know grow crops and gather and sow and shit. Yeah, basically it was it was entirely based on what you were good at, and yeah. people just kind of learned it as you grew up. You kind of you know you just start would start exhibiting things, and you would kind of get to pick. Yeah. What, uh, what drew you most and where mm -hmm. you thought you would be the most this is interesting because it's kind of it's this is almost like a, a utopian sort of deal but it seems like it works because it wasn't set up it just happened you know what yeah I, mean? I think it, it works so well because this was a group of people who had been through terrible things mm -hmm. and terrible people and terrible like greed and poverty mm -hmm. and you know all of those terrible awful things and so this was supposed to be their one place that they right. had, you know, and, and a place where, you know, they would feel safe or want to bring up children in this environment yeah. as opposed to the war-torn parts of the of the landscape. Now, we're, we're talking about, you know, the displacement. I mean, do we know, do you know, or, do, or did they never speak about it, sort of what their situation was why they were displaced you know was it both of them were you know raided by orcs or was it or does it not really matter um with obviously they're from different places with clay's mom it was definitely a with Faye, yeah yeah with a human who lived in a village of primarily humans mm -hmm. uh and the orcs just kind of came through and you know burned Raised and pillaged it, yeah. and whatever um and then so they had nowhere to go and then with the with with clay's dad this is where the whole not re not a huge asshole thing comes into play where mm -hmm. he he was a full-blooded orc and did believe in honor and 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 fighting to protect yeah but he he didn't agree at all with how orcs were ruining other communities and other settlements. Yeah. For whatever they thought. He he doesn't believe in he, fighting. He's the wharf of the orcs. Yeah. He believes, exactly. He believes in fighting for a purpose and uh -huh. fighting to protect as opposed to fighting to show off. There is more honor in protecting. Right. But he was very, like, closed off about that. Like, if, if he was, if he loved you, he was fighting because he loved you and was protecting you but he wouldn't he wouldn't hmm. say that yeah, <laughs> he certainly yeah, right. wouldn't be like i do this because i care deeply about you no 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 he I would was... do it and <laughs> yeah. then it would be done exactly um cool yeah uh awesome um okay so you know you were born in the cliffs uh i i told you to sort of write down some like 
key memories, like sort of the main things that stick out in your mind, mm-hmm. what, what did you come up with? Uh, so I focused a lot on my younger memories because those are all the ones from the cliffs. Um, and they were the most formative. Uh, so one of them was, uh, age six, probably the earliest formative Mm -hmm. one. Um, and it, uh, it was kind of just, you know, the kids playing around, um, you know, as kids have want to do. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the kids are talking about she, this, he, that, this is his truck. This is her um, truck. truck. Oh shit! Yeah, it made out of you know they didn't know what truck meant, but it was it, it was just felt one. right. Um, and uh, Clay kind of didn't really understand like what, why he, people were he and why some were she, and um, so they went home and they were a little like demanding of their mom. They were like, "Excuse me, what the hell is this?" <laughs> um, and they were like, "Well." She, she said, you know, some people use he, uh, and some people use she, and that's, you know, and, and he, they were like, well, do, do I have to pick one? Mm-hmm. She was like, well, no, I, I suppose not. <laughs> um, and that was kind of it. You know, Clay was, Clay's emotional, but they also have that little bit of a aggressive, or not aggressive, but blunt yeah. In a very straightforward way of, of doing things. And so they wanted an answer and they got an answer. And yeah. then from then on it was, I'm not he or she. Um, and so eventually they, 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 it just started happening that it was they. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was just kind of a thing around the community is that, you know, um, when you introduce yourself to someone, it was kind of they or he or, or just she yeah um or if they didn't or if they didn't know you or how you identified or whatever they would just default to they yeah um so it wasn't ever really it wasn't a huge deal in the community but that memory was something for clay that was like oh okay so it's okay to be whatever mm-hmm. i am because it doesn't matter because i i'm good at building stuff and I can do that, and that yeah. contributes. So that's all that it, that matters. Yeah. So I mean, we talk, We did talk about you know, like you being a sort of creative type almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you also mentioned you were you were playing with the. I keep jumping back and forth. You're playing with kids. Yeah. Now we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but did you have any? This sounds like harsh. Did you have any friends while you were growing up? Yeah, I mean, I think kids, especially these kids that grew up in this environment of people who were already outcasts and, you know, judged for this, that, or the other thing, you know, kids, they don't start that way. So kids would just mm-hmm. kind of be like, "Hi, oh, you have really pointy teeth. That's interesting. Or like, oh, wow, you're a whole three feet taller than everyone else or shorter. Um, and so that's just kind of how it was. And kids... You know, they definitely played with all the other kids. It, it wasn't ever really an issue. But there mm-hmm. also wasn't really one person that they attached themselves to. They right, always yeah. liked to be... They had no problem being on their own, doing their own tasks and mm-hmm. things like that. So, but, so, you know, they... I don't really think they felt lonely during that time just because there were so many things that everyone did together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they didn't, they, there wasn't necessarily one person who they felt 
really understood them more than anyone else besides maybe like their mom. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Their Very mom. Very close to their mom. Yeah, their mom was the cl- the closest person that they had, but mm-hmm. besides that, it's not. Okay. Um. So let's talk about the way that sort of the work and the function of this camp or this this village works. Mm-hmm. Is it sort of a fallout situation where, like, once you hit a certain age, you get a job or you start working towards a job? Or is it kind of like you just slide into working? I kind of see it as, you know, you know how kids when, you know, they just, they don't, there's not really a point where they, they're like, oh, I do things now. But they're, mm. you know, when you're cooking something, they're like, let me help. I want to help. I want to help. Um, sort of when they... They showed interest in that. Yeah. Their parents and the and the community would encourage that. Right. And they would let them do whatever it was in their power to do. So, cool. you know, if they, <laughs> um, if Clay thought that throwing sand into the hole that someone was digging for some sort of water purposes, uh-huh. and they thought they were helping by taking a handful out and throwing it, then right, they yeah. would let them do that, and then. Um, Maybe one day they'd be a ditch digger. Yeah, not hard labor, but, you know, just letting them contribute how they they felt comfortable. Encouraging them to try to be helpful and seeing what they enjoy, what they're good at. Yeah, Um, and they they did a pretty miraculous job of everyone just kind of did what they liked and they didn't really have a problem. It just happened to work out. Yeah. Um, So your next memory we talked a little bit about. uh, So that was, the first one was sort of six years old. Next memory, we're starting at around 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was that What was that sort of memory? This one was uh, revolved around training via their father uh, because, um, <laughs> because he's a very old world sort of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, they th- he thought that Clay should learn how to fight, how to yeah. handle weapons. Um, and again, just like everything else, handling weapons and fighting and stuff like that was something that came to you mm-hmm. and that you would show interest in. No one would ever be forced into, um, you are going to fight. You yeah. know, maybe if you, they needed help hunting and things like that. Yeah. Right, yeah. Not, not you are learning to fight other beings. Um, right. But, You're learning how to handle a weapon. Yeah. But... Um, their dad, Orion, was the way he was, and he thought, my, my child is gonna know how to handle a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't go so well. Um, yeah. Was there sort of like a, like a village hierarchy? Was there like a chief, or was it just kind of do it? I think it was more so, uh, chiefs of each individual kind of section. Mm-hmm. I think there was, it was usually an elder uh-huh. who had been doing it the longest and had the most experience. Mm-hmm. Everyone would just kind of defer to them. So there would be like a head honcho for medicine and there'd be sort of, and he was kind of the head honcho quote unquote of the fighting people. Yeah, that was what was, was going to slide into asking whether or not he was in charge of sort of the, uh, yeah. Um, security hunting sort of aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, definitely would, you know, communicate with other people what they thought about things, but they mm-hmm. would usually defer to him because I think he was the oldest and most experienced within the right uh, sort of security outfit. And he never really talked about why he was no. necessarily such a good fighter. Yeah, no. Uh, I suppose, talking, you know, better left unsaid. 
Yeah, talking is not really Orion's thing. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so he tried to train Clay, and it didn't, didn't go so well, because Clay has right. never really shown an inclination. Building weapons, or like how things are, excuse me, made, certainly, but never... Interested him, or interested them? Yeah, once it was made, and shiny and pretty, it went off to somebody, and then they never saw it again. Yeah. That was the whole... Now, was it just like a sort of like general routine training exercise or was it like when he tried to take clay hunting that it sort of started to fall apart it was a sort of like imagine the scene in wonder woman where mm-hmm. all of the amazons are training yeah and uh it's kind of like that where it was just one day where their dad was like all right today's the day you're gonna learn how to handle sword, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's what's gonna happen. And it was uh, a lot of like, you know, pushing them, pushing them around a little bit, and you mm-hmm. know, coming at them with with a, a a sword. And he would never, you know, cut clay or anything like right, that. Yeah. But it was horrifying for them. And you know, they were trying, you know, pitifully to defend themselves or what have you. But you know, they got pushed down one time too many and just started to cry and they're trying not to cry and then their dad was yeah. like you know. I imagine I imagine that that sort of moment I imagine that it, it was kind of like a like a kid's karate class where like yeah. maybe there were like a few days or weeks where all the kids in the village or all like the people around the same age kids uh-huh. would get together and he would try to teach like a defense or yeah. a class or whatever so I imagine that maybe happened when you were sparring with like another kid mm-hmm. um so, like, yeah, I mean, you, you probably sparred, you know, with a bunch of kids that same day. And then this one, uh, this one person will, will say, uh, she, she was an orc girl around the same age as you, maybe around 10. Mm-hmm. Maybe around 10 is when they start teaching kids how to, you know, maybe fight and defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Just sort of as a precursor, like, you know, maybe you are interested in this. Maybe you can pursue this. Like, because, like, in what... You know, you you can certainly help cook and you can help farm and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's not a lot of opportunities for them to help fight yeah, until no. they learn how to, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, you're in the middle of sparring with uh, this orc girl who is around the same age as you, but because she's a full orc, she's a good eight or nine inches taller than you. Mm-hmm. And her name, uh, we'll say, was Susan. Mm-hmm. And she was a little bit more maybe athletically inclined, we'll mm-hmm. say, than Clay was. And mm-hmm. she, I think, like, not not trying to be mean or whatever, but I think she just whooped your ass. Oh, yeah. And just, well, like... I think that's the funny thing about Clay, is Clay is built like an orc, mm-hmm. but they don't use it. It's it's almost like an awkward, uh, uncomfortable person yeah. in a very fit person's body. Right. <laughs> like a bodybuilder who woke up very uh, Freaky Friday-like... Yeah, yeah, someone else's builder. You don't know how to use body. that muscle yeah. that you've just kind of had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, Susan, you know, they just wipe the floor, just knocks you in the dirt, and oh, I think yeah. that's when you maybe start crying. How does how does your dad take you crying on the ground? Um, he n- not great. Um, I think it was his way of of trying to pass on the legacy and mm-hmm. make them want to take up the helm sort of uh and con- trying to be a pep talk but not uh-huh. going very well and kind of just being like 
you know, what do you do? Don't you want to be a fighter like your dad? Like, don't you want to? Uh-huh. And and Clay was just like, no, I really don't, don't like fighting. <laughs> and it's I, kind of funny. You haven't seen it, but this is very How to Train Your Dragon. I've seen the first one. Oh, you have seen yes. the first. Oh, I thought you hadn't seen the first one. No, yeah, I've seen the first one. Yeah, so it's kind. Yeah. It's 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 very. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's pretty typical, and yeah. I think that's fitting of an orc, especially an orc warrior, whatever he was a warrior in or whenever he was a warrior. That is kind of like a tradition sort of thing. So, I mean, when you were upset with him, when he was upset with you, did you, not to be reductive, but did you go cry to mom? Uh, I think what happened was I would go run away and mom would find me. Uh-huh. And I think they... Just somewhere would, in the village? They would know where they were. <laughs> there was like a tree. Uh, or a rock. Uh-huh. Then they would always Clay, sit Clay had like three places they yep. liked to go. There was the tree, there was the big rock. Yeah. And another one that we haven't talked about, but I, 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 I came up with this and, you know, go along with me if you enjoy it. Uh, another place is the blacksmith shop mm. in the cliffs. Uh, and we talked about this, like uh, a character... Um, more of a lean-to, really. Yeah, it's not fucking great. I mean, for, a survivor shelter yeah. sort of deal. It's not. Yeah, it's not necessarily a shop. It's more of an open-air sort of forge situation. And for for as sparse as this village can be, I mean, it's still charming. Like you know, they 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 did the best they could with not a lot of materials or resources at mm-hmm. all, or necessarily even building experience. Yeah. Um, this blacksmith shop or blacksmith sort of forge is pretty nice. Hmm. Like, it's still made of like rocks and nonsense, but it's like well put together. And it's like the rocks are kind of shaved down, so they're like, you know, so it looks nice, you know. And the, a person that, uh, I don't know when this maybe started, maybe you can sort of help fill those gaps in. A person with whom you, you may have become friends with is the blacksmith for the cliffs Mm -hmm. which i think might just be an easy way to tie in why clay has interest in smithing to begin with well yeah because i think it was sort of a thing where if you showed any sort of interest or skill in something Mm -hmm. someone would sort of mentor you yeah they would just kind of take you on so you you, so you talked about while you were younger you you would mess with you would like build little sculptures and Stuff. I mean, out of clay, presumably. Yeah. Is that the sort of thing where, like, you were named clay and you just happened to be like it? Or was it like you were unnamed for a while and then showed a proclivity? Yeah, I feel like, um... I feel like with some... Like, your original name was, like, Sardak. And then you started messing <laughs> with dirt. And they're like, I guess clay works better. Um... I think I actually mm. had an idea that, um... <laughs> Uh, that what what happened was when Faye gave birth to to Clay. Uh-huh. They <laughs> the the doctor wasn't as prepared as they could have been, and uh-huh. Clay just went boop right into the clay, yeah, right into the dirt. It wasn't that much of a fall because right, I mean yeah. they don't have you know four poster hospital beds, beds yeah. you know what I mean. But um, yeah, and so it was sort of a bit of a. Boop, and they landed in the in the dirt. In the red dirt. And um, and I mean, they orcs, to be orcs are just, a lot more hardy. Orc children yeah. are more hardy than humans. Of course, children. Faye was horrified. Oh, Faye yeah. was just screaming. <laughs> um, but Clay seemed to be fine. They were just kind of putting their hands in it. Yeah. Not really, not shrieking like yeah. 
most human babies do. I mean, I mean, this might be a little bit weird, but like orcs mature faster than humans, so who's to say that the orc baby doesn't come out with some sort of awareness? I definitely think it. Um, <coughs> they wouldn't be howling like human babies do. Right, yeah. I think, I think Clay came out and was like, eh. Uh, here I am. <laughs> just, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and the dirt was just kind of, eh. And whatever names... They had had for for them went right out the window. Out the window, and they're just like this uh, one's named Clay. And the 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 father was like, I pictured um, Orion turning to the the doctor um, woman or man whomever um, and going, "What is my my child? You just let him fall out in the clay?" And Faye was like, "Clay, that's his lovely name." That's- Okay, cool. Um, yeah, but spelled A E like after after, her. after their mom. Yeah, F A E is how Faye is spelled yeah. in this particular uh, instance. Um, so about the blacksmith shop. So you know you were you were tinkering with stuff mm-hmm. generally, and I think you know maybe when you were younger than ten, maybe to backtrack a little bit, um, the blacksmith who is this gigantic orc, full blooded orc, a little bit of an older older guy. Uh, always had his hair, uh, his very long hair up in a very messy knot mm-hmm. above his head. Uh, pretty large tusks for an orc, as far as you could sort of tell when you first met him. Uh, massive guy. And uh, you, you would come to, to learn that his name is Oleg Ironjaw. O-L-E-G. Oh, Oleg Ironjaw. Wow. And he, uh, you, you, he, he came up and he... Showed an interest in sort of like the the messing around that you were, and for being such a huge fucking guy, yeah, he was very soft and gentle with you. Mm. Maybe one Thank of the God. Re- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe one of the reasons for that, where you were just playing, you know, in the dirt on your own sort of thing. Maybe mm-hmm. one of the reasons that he seemed softer and gentler is because Oleg is actually deaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not he was deaf from birth, you never knew that, and that you know. How do it, I find out? That he's deaf. Uh, it's pretty much in the. You might not understand what that means, but in the first sort of instance in meeting him, he didn't speak to you, mm-hmm. and he sort of. Which isn't very far from my dad. Exactly. <laughs> he's so, not a big talker, so. So maybe that was a little intimidating at the first part, and, and and when I say deaf, I don't know if it's depending on whether he was from birth or he's fully deaf. I'm not sure if it's a capital D or a lowercase d mm-hmm. sort of situation. Somebody can you know listen to me and then tell me what which one it is. <laughs> Um, I think it's capital D. Yeah, because I imagine he cannot hear whatsoever. Right. Um, so he he just sort of gestured at this little. What what sort of what were you making? What were you messing with? A, cl- a clay castle, if you would. You're making a sand castle out of like the yes. sort of red clay of the yes. ground. Um, he sort of like motioned to it, and he 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 would get down. On his knees, or like crouched down as best as he could. He didn't have the best knees, um, and he and he would sort of like be gesturing with you, and you you he would sit and he would kind of like. In that moment, he was like kind of playing with you, messing with the castle a little bit, like sort of reshaping some of the buttresses and some of the walls and stuff, making them look a little bit better, and showing you how to do it. Mm-hmm. Not that the entire time he didn't speak, and sometimes he would like make odd symbols with his hands mm-hmm. that you had no idea what the hell was going on. It was just another day. Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, you didn't know what it was, and he would sort of be moving his mouth a little bit as he did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, uh, you obviously, us as humans in this moment right now, he was communicating using some form of 
orcish sign language. Mm -hmm. It's not American sign language, obviously, because <laughs> he's not human nor American. Um, it was some form of orcish sign language. It was it was rudimentary, but it was pretty elegant for such a like a big meaty fingered guy. Mm -hmm. um, and he would. Does this mean I can be fluid in orc sign language? Uh, it's possible, or at least passable. I, I feel like I, that makes sense because yeah. if I was around. I can say some basic stuff. Uh-huh. Sign some basic stuff then. Yeah. Like knife. Right, and yeah. Sledgehammer. No, I feel like I feel like you would definitely be passable at least uh, in uh, I mean depending on how long it's been since you've practiced. Yeah. You know, if you've hung around this guy, which I feel like you might have, you know, you must you might have become good friends with this man uh, despite him being maybe 20 or 30 years older than you. Orcs don't live as long as humans. They live to be about 60-70 maybe. Um What? Or, well, I mean, that's typical. We haven't really explored. Is it like with big dogs? Where because they're so big... It's kind of like with big dogs. They, a little bit. Their joints... Oh. Well, not necessarily they deteriorate. I mean, they mature faster, so they get older faster. Oh. Just like how elves technically mature slower. I think that they're not considered adults until they're like 100 or something. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. The more you know. <laughs> um, but... Um, he would start signing these things at you and, and you would talk to him and be like, what are you saying? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> and he would pick up. I mean, sometimes he probably forgot that there was even, even sort of a difference in the way that you communicated. Mm -hmm. And he would make little, a little gesture to his ears and like shrug a little bit. And, mm -hmm. and you got the picture pretty quickly. It was that sort he, of a point out a thing, see the, what sign exactly. he was making. Okay, cool. He would sort of, I mean, you, you would spend some time with him, whatever, and he his place was kind of one of your chill out places. You would hang out with him after, was there a school? Was there some kind of school in the village? There was a fire pit uh -huh. in the middle of the village, <clears throat> and every day, it was like, from from Ralt, from like dawn uh -huh. to to you know, for a few hours. From dawn to dawn. Yeah, there was um, be a, a person instructing something because the rest of the day would be helping our parents. It was just like a series. It was a series of TED talks. Basically, it was like really informed. You know, this. So is you how got you got a little bit of everything. That's oh, uh, yeah. it was mostly like survival stuff though. Oh yeah. Okay. It was, cool. Yeah, you know, and then one day would be medicine, and you know. Uh, awesome. Cool. So yeah, every day after school, you know, you would find. Sometime to go hang out with Oleg. Uh, and he would, you know, you would start picking up some of these signs and stuff like that. And maybe you didn't even notice the first day or few days that you knew him. Mm -hmm. But you recognize he did have sort of those big tusks pointing up from his lower lip. Mm -hmm. And you realize that they were actually shiny. And you didn't necessarily know what that was until one day you maybe asked him about it and you 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 learn at that point that he's actually pretty decent at reading lips mm -hmm. you know so with the very limited sign language that you have mm -hmm. communicating also while speaking to him he got the gist of what you were attempting to say and he pulled down his lower lip and you saw that his entire lower jaw was made out of like polished metal <gasps> yeah oh, yeah that's amazing and it's not like rough looking it is polished it's, it's real like, pretty it's really intricate and you get the the you hear other people refer to him and you learn his last name and the re you realize the reason his last name is iron jaw is oh because of that God. not necessarily just because he's a blacksmith but because i mean he probably made his own jaw oh 
My God. And you maybe you never imagine, learned why. like, the week that he walked around without a jaw, uh-huh. making the jaw, and, and everyone would walk by and he'd be like, oh, no, this is... Horrifying. He would sign to them, I'm on my way to finish the jaw, don't worry. He probably didn't come out for the week. I mean, oh, no, he was you, like, you, this uh, is a private. You <laughs> never learned why he was this way. And you also saw that uh, it, part of the reason... Yeah, what's can up? Can he write? Uh, yeah, he can... Uh, well, like well, here's comments? the question. Here's a good question. Because we haven't really established this or really talked about this. Because this is sort of medieval fantasy sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We don't know what like the literacy rate is mm-hmm. in the world generally. I mean, we I feel like most people know common. I feel like in our sort of... I mean, people could speak it necessarily but not be able to write it. I feel like in my sort of world here in our sort of world, I feel like literacy is a little bit more of a given than maybe in the real world. Mm-hmm. Or like... Other types of fantasy. Well, and there's so many different people in this community. I feel yeah. like, you know, if you didn't know it, I would be like, oh, come here. I'll teach yeah. you some letters. So today. I feel like, I mean, in this community and in the world at large, I feel like literacy is a little bit more of a big yeah. thing than typical medieval fantasy. But uh, yeah, I'll say, yeah, he can write. Mm-hmm. What are you sort of getting at? Oh, nothing. I just want to know if I had ever seen him write his name down. Okay. Yeah. He, he probably would, you know, sign his name on orders or something like that. Uh but yeah, I feel like other people uh, would speak to him or refer to him or talk about him and refer mm-hmm. to him as either Oleg or Oleg Ironjaw or Ironjaw. And it'd be Ironjaw. funny if he like picked up a, um, like a contract for something that he was doing for somebody yeah. and pointed at the signature and was like, duh. Yeah. Like, it's like do you not what did you understand? think this meant? Yeah. Um, I was like, well. I think one of the reasons or one of the one of the ways that he helped you understand that his whole jaw was metal is he actually showed you for lack of a better term, one of his baby jaws or whatever. One of his, like, not baby, but, like, younger. Like, Mm -hmm. you could see it was just a little bit smaller. Like, it wouldn't fit in his mouth. So you could tell that he's been... And it's a little bit, like, less refined than the one he's currently sporting. I feel like I maybe still wouldn't understand. And then he he handed me, like, a wrench or something Mm -hmm. and gestured Mm -hmm. to his face. And I was like, I don't... I don't know what you're getting at. Mm -hmm. And then I I wouldn't do it, so he did. And it was just like, clang! Bang, bang, And I was like... What? Yeah. I mean, he's still got, you know, a lip and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, he's still got skin. But, but he's got his jaw underneath it. You know, right. how much of the jaw, you're not maybe 100% sure. Uh-huh. Um, uh, well, that doesn't make any sense because he showed you one of his old jaws. It went right. pretty far back. I would right. say that it's uh, at least sort of like the chin area, yeah. maybe a little further back. It probably didn't like hinge on. Yeah. Because that would be fucking crazy. It probably screws. Yeah, like screws and whatever. whatever sort of rods or whatever. But that was sort of his deal. And you could tell just based on that craftsmanship and also the craftsmanship. He doubles of, as a dentist. Yeah, well, Honestly, though. <laughs> honestly, he probably does. He's like Dr. Barber. Yeah. But he's... Uh... <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but you're probably totally right. He probably doubles as the fucking dentist because mm-hmm. he's had experience with it. I feel like if somebody broke a tooth, I brought them. He would, to yeah, he would make <laughs> a new like, one. Please. Yeah, and you would, you would, you know work with him and and over the years you know up until and past this whole like 10 year old memory sort of thing mm-hmm. um you actually learn you probably at the time you were sparring knew who susan was and susan is actually oleg's daughter oh. uh and she is you know big and feisty and fighter-y you know to to rip off the adventure zone more she's essentially killian 
she's Woman just, Crush Wednesday. Yeah. She's she's amazing. She's just she's she's big for her age, even as far as orcs go, she's pretty fucking big. Right. Like she's ten and she's probably at least five something. <laughs> nice. It's pretty nice. And she's, you know, built. Love um, it. For a, a baby, essentially. <laughs> uh, and yeah, she, you know, why, she, you were always cordial with her. I feel like she was very intimidating. Oh, yeah. Generally. And then she fucking loved that. She wasn't, you know, not like in the way that like, oh, uh, your men are intimidated by you. No, she's just like, she's a fucking scary. She can, she can be imposing, but she's a lovely person. Right, yeah. Sort of thing. So she probably didn't mean to knock yeah. your dick in the dirt, but she really, <laughs> really did. Um... So yeah, I mean, you my spent... unidentified genitalia in the dirt. Yeah, uh, yeah, just yeah, just that phrase. I wasn't <laughs> no, it's insinuating okay. anything. Um, but uh, yeah, so one of the places you probably spent a lot of time when you were feeling upset, or just generally, was Oleg's quote unquote shop. It was mm-hmm. a shop. He sold things, mm-hmm. but mostly, you know, he just he made the. I mean, uh, your your dad Orion and Oleg probably had a decent relationship, considering he was the head of the sort of fighters and hunters and Oleg made the weapons. Yeah. I feel like there weren't that many weapons that needed to be in circulation. Yeah, that's what but, I feel too. But any time there was going to be, Oleg would be like, come on, come on, come on. I'm making a, yeah. a new fancy thing. Come see it. I'm making a, 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 a dual-bladed sickle. Yeah. It's just a circle. <sighs> um, going to cut down that wheat real good. Yeah. Fucking, uh, but yeah, so I imagine that, you know, Orion has gone, gone to him, you know, several times and maybe... After the whole military training thing kind of went bust, um, maybe he did realize over the next few years that, like, he noticed you with Oleg more and saw that you were, like, getting into smithing a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, you probably... Did you ever make anything while you were that I young? I definitely think I made stuff. Like, I think anything I made on my own, he would let me take home. Uh-huh. Um, so just things like, you know, knives... Very simple little things. What's the most complex thing you ever made with him? I would... This is all before you were about 12. Right. I think I made my dad a really, really subpar sword. Okay. Um, Because I wanted... It was sort of my peace offering to him Mm -hmm. where I wanted to say, look, I know that you do what you do and I do what I do and uh-huh. that's Gucci um, right. even though I don't want to fight like I understand that you fight for us um, and so I made and it wasn't great cause uh-huh. you know it's we also this is not a forge that is you know as yeah. fully stocked as um, you know even Mr. Baylor down the road right yeah. um, so you know but definitely uh, Oleg would have made a better one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I wanted to make this for him and yeah. I, I wanted to make it right um, to give to my dad. Cool. Um, uh, I, I imagine he took that and I feel like, like after, you know, like I said, after figuring out that the military stuff was just not going to happen, the fighting, even taking this, you say subpar, maybe Clay felt that way, but it was actually like for a kid... Generally, it was a pretty good sword. Mm. Like, if the blade wasn't proper or whatever, the weight was perfect. Like, Mm -hmm. it was weighted in the handle the right way. Maybe the blade was a little, like, clumsy or not, like, a little, like, spotted where it it didn't fuse or, or, like, you know, whatever. It didn't cure correctly. But, like... I can kind of see 
one day there being a sword hung over the fireplace and uh-huh. me kind of being the fireplace, but um, yeah, me kind of being like dejected and then um, realizing mm. that the reason why that one's up over the fireplace and isn't mine that I made him is because uh-huh. he carries mine. He has it just yeah. on him. Yeah, yeah. that's cute. Like, oh well, my sword's not good enough to be hung over <laughs> the fireplace, and my mom was like, "You need to chill the fuck out." That's the one that your dad carries. Yeah. Keeps it in his bag. Yeah. Or on his off hip. Yeah. Where he, you know, doesn't keep his regular sword. Uh, how does your mom feel about you smithing? Fine. Yeah. Just yeah. happy you found something. Happy yeah. you found a friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, I think she's glad that I found something that I like, but also um, didn't feel like I had to follow in dad's footsteps. Yeah. I think I think Oleg proved to be a nice father figure, mm-hmm. not to bring the whole gender roles into it, but your dad—not that he was a bad dad—but you you have established, you know, that he's very proud and warrior-like. Oleg was my soft dad. Exactly, exactly. Oleg provided the opposite of that, sort of the antithesis. Your mom was always there for that too, but like he also showed you that you know you can be strong and big, but not you know you can be strong in the real way not you know you don't have to fight and kill a thousand things Mm -hmm. to be strong right uh and susan was my hard mom (laughs) susan yeah susan my hard sister his daughter yeah his daughter who was the same age as you but might as well have been my rough sister yeah she 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 was uh she you know you didn't maybe spend a ton of time with her i mean like we've talked about you were you were pretty comfortable being on your own you know maybe it got lonely maybe it didn't you know, maybe Clay was just very comfortable that way. Mm. Um, you would see her around, but I mean, honestly, it was kind of funny. It was almost like a kid swap. Susan spent a shitload of time <laughs> with your dad, and you spent a, a hell of a lot of time with her dad. Not that, you know, they valued one of you over the other. Yeah. It's just, you know, your dad was mentoring Susan, and Oleg was mentoring you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, so you've got, you know, we've established, you know, you made some knives and some maybe daggers and some small swords and stuff and and your sort of capstone project was you making that sword for your dad and yeah. he carried it for you know for a grip of time mm-hmm. uh we've talked about this a little bit but let's get into your last memory oh i don't want to now because you made me like the cliffs now i don't want to leave <laughs> my best friends oleg's my soft dad and i love him <laughs> um your last memory said comes when you're about 12 yeah um, this is my last memory ever. From now on, I have no memories. Yeah, Clay has short-term yes, memory loss. Um. And long-term memory loss. Uh. Well, I'll, I'll lead us into this one, then. You are 12 at this point. It's been a few years. You've been mentoring with Oleg for a while. The cliffs has been cliffing. It's been going. Um. And one day you woke up, just like any other day, you went to school, you went to the talks, I guess, you went to the weird fireside lectures. <laughs> the fireside chat. Uh, do you remember what uh, sort of lecture you were getting today? Um, medicine. It was a medicine sort of thing? What, what specific? And it any? featured my mom. Your mom was giving a talk? Yeah. Oh. About um, what herbs are good herbs. Um, okay. And to use in um, 
you know, elixirs and different kind of stuff, and potions and salves like and packing yeah. wounds and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you got you got that sort of talk, and you know you went off and uh, what what did you do for the rest of that day? You you finished class early. It was a pretty good day. You got to hang mm-hmm. out with your mom at school. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gave a super fucking cool talk. Um, I think I went to Oleg's uh-huh. to work on some stuff, see what he was making. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, you you spent a few hours there. You know, you, uh, it's maybe about four or five at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, you go home. Uh, your your dad is out hunting. I realize you're supposed to do that in the morning, but maybe the, I don't know, maybe the forest boar <laughs> wake up in the late afternoon. They're nocturnal. Yeah. They're, they're mid-ternal or something. Um, and your mom is off uh, doing what she does, which is she's essentially got a clinic. Mm-hmm. Essentially. She's got right. a clinic. Um, and it's pretty much a normal day. You know, you're hanging out maybe at, at home, messing with some of your, you know, polishing some of your daggers. Mm-hmm. The stuff that you've made before. Yeah. And you hear suddenly outside of your tent... Or your like small home, just screaming, just loud, like crashes of noise and stuff, and highly unusual. It, yeah, ex- exactly. So, what uh, is your first reaction to this? Um, I think I I don't I don't move. Yeah, like it's horrifying. But I, I just, the shock sets in. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's happening, but I just can't move. Yeah. I don't want to move. I'm okay. scared to go see what's yeah. wrong. Okay. You sit there for maybe what feels like hours. Mm-hmm. In reality, it was maybe two minutes mm-hmm. sitting there, just like maybe mid polish just Mm -hmm. with your hand sitting there like listening yeah and you hear the noise get louder and you hear like crackling noises and stuff Mm -hmm. and like you hear the sound of clanging metal Mm -hmm. together and suddenly the door to your what sort of house do you live in uh is it a tent or like a i picture like this is a weird example, but like a like a circus tent where there is um, yeah, I I, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, 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 but and then there's some sort of tarp muslin type of thing. pretty pretty like typical of what you would think of like as an orc almost war tent yeah. sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Pretty fucking heavy duty stuff. I mean, the inside is probably really nice. Yeah. Um, the the flaps to the main area of the tent burst open. You can hear, mm-hmm. you know, and you hear people running inside. Mm-hmm. You hear somebody enter your house. What is your, in it? What's your reaction to that? Hide. Hide. Yeah. Okay. You where? Where do you hide? Um, I think there's a big, uh, trunk. Uh-huh. That my dad has that mm-hmm. has um gear and stuff in it. Okay. And I hide in that. Okay. You 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 hop into this this trunk at the foot of uh whichever bed. You're in front of essentially. Mm-hmm. I imagine there. And I can peek out a little bit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you have the the trunk cracked open, mm-hmm. and you see, in your tent, you see people that you recognize from the village, mm-hmm. who are, like, 
One of them has got is bleeding from his forehead a little bit. Uh, but they are people who worked with your dad, mm-hmm. essentially. They were some of the hunters, uh, some of the main fighter types. Uh, and they are rushing through your house frantically. Uh, let's do this. Go ahead and make an insight check. We'll just do it straight up and down, because I don't know if you have your skills yet. 18. 18? You can tell I'm what they're doing. Perceptive child. You are, yeah. You, you very much are, especially because you're not moving. You know, you don't have to really deal with this. As they're running through, you can tell they're not, like, ransacking the place. Yeah. You know these people. They're looking around, making sure that nobody's here. They're looking for people. Uh, and you can maybe... T- I mean, with an 18, that's pretty good. They're, they're seeing... You don't know what's going on outside necessarily. All you know is that it's bad, and they're looking for people to maybe make sure get out safe. Right. So that's what they do. They start. They're tearing through your house for maybe about twenty seconds. They're really ripping through. It's it's a big tent with a few rooms, so it's not that much. They come into the room that you are in. Do you stay put or do you get out? Um. I I think if I recognize someone that is close to my dad mm-hmm. or even my mom, I open the trunk. Okay, you they they pop in and I say, Where's my mom? Okay, you, you you say that and they go they just like put out their arms, they're like, Come here, come on, Clay, let's go. I'm like, Where's my mom? They're I like, mom. don't worry, we'll 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 we have to get you out of here first. Okay. Can I take anything? Uh you they they don't answer you. They just like like, look behind them, and they're still gesturing towards you, do you... Can you grab anything? I mean, I grab my bag. I feel like I have a bag okay. that just has some Kind of like a bug-out bag. Yeah. I mean, you've got, yeah, maybe some of your smithing supplies in it. Yeah. Um, and I think just instinctively, or not instinctively, but just you just do it, because you're already holding, like, a dagger that you made, maybe. You just throw hold on to it, or, yeah. or throw it into the bag yeah. as you go. And these guys, these two people usher you outside, and when you get outside, you just see chaos. Uh, you can't initially tell what is going on uh, at, and, until, like, a second later. It's so loud out here. You see uh, through, like, sort of the edge of the... Fo- you say that there's there's the cliff face, and then a forest butts up against the other half. Right. Of the, or, mm-hmm. or against the other side of the town. Some of the trees bordering the village are on fire. Uh, and it's not like the dry season. You yeah. know, wildfires don't happen. Right. They are, the trees are on fire and some of the buildings on the outskirts of town have begun to catch. Right. Um, you see people running and screaming. You see some people on the ground. You don't know if they're alive or dead. You, maybe you don't even know what that necessarily is, you know, that much. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the concept. I don't know if you've seen it. And you see... These massive armored, lightly armored, but definitely armored orcs rushing through the town. Some of them are on horseback. Uh, some of them are just running through and they are just ransacking the place. They're, they're, they're tearing into, into tents and buildings, knocking over wooden structures, you know, coming out with, with gold and copper coins in bags and stuff and dragging away some people in nets and just like by their hair they're knocking people out and pulling them away mm. you just see it happening and you hear you know this chaotic noise you you can see that all of the armor that they're wearing has like a red tinge to it 
and like some sort of central symbol somewhere on it. It's always the same symbol. In the rush, you can't make out exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and as these two men are pulling you outside, you see... Uh, the, you take a minute to take all this in. You take mm-hmm. a second to take all of it in. And they're just looking back and forth, like, trying to see if there's a good way to go. Because, I mean, clearly there's one way to leave, but the trees are on fire. Some mm-hmm. of them. Right. Uh, and the places that, you know, aren't necessarily burning... There's orcs everywhere. Right. Uh, and not necessarily the good kind. There's right. these marauders all over the place. It's just a mess. And these guys take a second to look around to try to find, you know, the best route. And you see a couple of orcs rush over. Maybe you didn't even see them at first until they were already on these guys. Uh, they're, the weapons are drawn... Uh, and the two people who were with you, escorting you, have now turned their attention to these guys and are trying to fight these two massive orcs off. They are not holding your hand anymore. What do you do? I run off. I'm looking for my mom. I'm okay. screaming for my mom. Where do you? Where do you? Where do you think she might be? The clinic. The clinic. Sort of thing. Make so the clinic. the clinic is uh, a little bit closer to the cliffward edge of the village. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not up against it. Yeah. Imagine, even though it's kind of a circular village, uh, imagine that as you're looking at the cliff, it's towards the right. Right. Not that there's really quadrants. Yeah. Uh, you head over that way, and you are weaving through people all over the place. You don't really see anybody you recognize necessarily. Um, as you get closer, you see in sort of the main square where the big fire pit is, where your classes are held, mm-hmm. you see... A couple of the people that you that you know work with your father, right. uh, you see them all wielding weapons, trying to escort people out, but also trying to keep these orcs fought off. Mm-hmm. Some people don't uh, don't have like the best weapons; they're just taking people. And then you see whipping around a corner, your dad, Orion, mm-hmm. wielding. You know he's got. His his great sword that he uses, his his big old sword that he usually tends to use, you can see, you know, jangling on his hip your sword mm-hmm. that you made him. Uh, you're not using it right now. He's two-handing his other sword. Um, and you can see, you, you sort of see the full ma- gravity of, like, this little party that's in the center. It's all the hunters mm-hmm. and some of just the more able-bodied orcs, including Oleg. Mm-hmm. You see Oleg, massive man that he is, uh... And you could tell, you, you maybe get a quick shot, like a glimpse of his shop, and you see the whole thing is destroyed. Mm-hmm. You don't see any weapons in the rubble. You see all of the fighters in town wielding all of his weapons. And like you said before, there's not a lot of them in circulation. Mm-hmm. So whatever, whoever doesn't have a weapon has a smithing tool or a right. farming tool. Mm-hmm. And Oleg himself is using his big like smithing sledge he's not using a real weapon he's using his big like forging sledgehammer Mm -hmm. uh and just his size is helping him out he's a little bit older like i said so he's not exactly the most able-bodied fighter Mm -hmm. but he is helping out trying to fend these guys off just as much as he possibly can Mm -hmm. um you see this sort of in a blur as you're rushing towards the clinic do you head towards that or do you keep going towards your mom Oh, God. Um, 
Now, they're not just hanging out. They are in the middle of a fight. Right. They're in I'm, the middle of fighting. I'm going to go to mom. Okay. I'm going to, yeah. You stop for a second. I don't think Orion or even Oleg look over to recognize that you're there. It's mm-hmm. just a mess. It's, it's chaos. Mm-hmm. You keep running and you keep running and you weave through and you make it to the clinic. Mm-hmm. And you throw open the, the flaps mm-hmm. of this clinic tent and you see that this maybe like small subsection of town hasn't exactly been hit quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get inside and you see a couple of the other like healers and healers in training moving, you know, there, there's another person you saw who was working with your dad who was gored by a boar a few days ago Ugh. and he's in recovery right now and they're trying to lift him mm-hmm. to get him on like a stretcher to get him out of there. Mm-hmm. And there are people running all over the place, people trying to stuff bags full of herbs and supplies. Mm-hmm. And you see your mom sort of in the middle of it all delegating. Yeah, I run right up to her. You run right up to her. And yeah. she uh, it takes a second to look down. Uh, well, she's still looking around. How do you get her attention? I, I like grab her. I grab her by the shoulders. Okay, you, you, uh, yeah, she, I would say at this point, you're probably not that much shorter than her. Maybe she is a little bit on the short side. You, you grab up, you run up to her, you grab her on the shoulders, and she gets scared for a second. She doesn't know what's going on, and she recognizes you. She goes, oh, oh my god, Clay, Clay, uh, are you safe? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. What, what's going, what's happening? I, 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 I don't know. It's one of the, they, they, they found us. They, they came back. Um, Listen, listen, honey. Uh, you, you need to. Uh, and she, she's just at a loss for words. She doesn't know what she's trying to say. She, she, she just, she kind of grabs you and she ushers you off into sort of a back room of the clinic, which was the storage room and is now completely empty. I um, think I'm not saying it, but I'm clearly very scared. Like yeah. I'm shaking. I think she's in better shape than I am. I think she can see that yeah. with you. So she takes you into a more quiet place. You can still hear the noise going on outside, but she she sort of sits you down and she gets a little bit down to your level and she goes, listen, Clay, I love you. You need to go. No. No. Listen, this is not up for debate. You need to leave now. I can't, I can't leave, I can't leave you. I can't leave the cliffs. I can't leave. She, she just, she grabs your face and she goes, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll. Wherever you, you're going, I'll, I'll meet you there, okay? But you, I, I have work to do here, but you need to get out of here now. I don't think I really know what to say. Okay, she, like, she just kind of pats you on the, on the arm, and she, you know, squeezes. And she goes, she, she gives you a big, big hug and a kiss, and just, like, ruffles your hair a little bit. And she goes, now listen, it's going to be okay. Just, just stick to the outside and, and go. And she reaches in to her shirt, like through the neck, and she pulls off this necklace that you've always seen her wearing. And maybe you haven't thought that much of it before, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe it's a memento from home. Mm-hmm. She takes this necklace off and she puts it around your neck and you take a minute to actually look at what this thing is for once. Mm-hmm. And it's a big, like sturdy metal key what does this open she goes she she she's about to answer you and you hear a loud crash from outside and the sound of tearing Mm -hmm. and she just goes she, she doesn't get to answer you because very quickly after that 
the back, the flaps of the room that you are in burst open, and you see a couple of those marauding orcs burst in. Uh, she tries to like put you behind her a little bit mm-hmm. as she backs you up. There is a back door or a back flap to this room, uh, and she grabs just something like a crutch that's in the corner. And like points it at, uh, and like wields it towards these guys. What do you do? Um, these guys, these two guys, don't seem to have weapons on them necessarily. Mm-hmm. That you can see, they're not drawn at least, but they are big. And and in this moment when you see them step in, you get a good look at that symbol that they have on their armor. And one of them is wearing a helmet. You can see the symbol square in the middle of the helmet. And one of them has it on their on their breastplate. And you can see this symbol. And it is a symbol uh, that is sort of like a red, sh- uh, almost shield-looking uh, sort of insignia thing. And in the middle of it, uh, it it's, it's very rough around the edges. You can tell it's always hand-painted, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a symbol... That is a pair of cracked, broken, crossed bones. And in the middle of it, uh, of the symbol, is a large fist that is gripping them and shattering them in the middle. That's what the symbol is. It's a pair of crossed bones being crushed by a fist. Um, you have no idea what that means. Your mom, Faye, looks at them kind of knowingly, almost. Mm-hmm. Not like acceptingly, but like. She knows who these people are. Yeah. Um, and she's wielding this crutch up at these guys and trying to push you behind her as subtly as she possibly can. What do you do? Run. You run? Yeah. Okay. You turn and run. And you don't... Do you look back? No. No. You turn and run out the back flaps of this tent. Uh, You don't look back. You don't hear anything from behind you. And you don't see anything. Mm -hmm. You are outside in the village now. Not up against the, the outer edge where the trees are. But you're relatively near it. You know, the fire has not spread this far through the trees yet. Um, where are you going? Just straight the opposite to the water, the cliff edge. So I just go straight. Okay. You run back through the buildings, weaving and ducking, you know, through everything. Uh, You have maybe one or two close calls with a group of marauders that is running past you. Mm -hmm. You see some of the fighters, you know, maybe you get like a couple of glimpses of the courtyard and you see the, the hunters still holding their own, still fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, as you run past, you see a large, like a squad of these marauders on horseback mm-hmm. ride into the town and dismount as you're running through. Maybe you've had to hide at this point just mm-hmm. for a second, and you can see this happening. You see a huge, gigantic orc get off the top. There's like five of these orcs on horseback uh, dismount from the horse in front and uh, the other ones do the same, and they all draw their weapons. And this guy is wearing a large, full-faced, horned helmet 
uh, and wielding just the biggest battle axe you've ever seen. And he's got like a like, for lack of a better term, a cape, mm-hmm. like a clo- sort of like a cloak drawn around the back. You know how like some knights have that that cloak that's kind of one shoulder yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that sort of deal. It's tattered and it's ruined looking, but uh-huh. uh, I mean, you can intuit maybe this is sort of the leader of whatever this clan of orcs is. Right. Um, and you, the the orcs that you were hiding from move on. Mm-hmm. And you get your chance, so you keep running. Mm-hmm. And you make it, you know, out towards the entrance uh, area, and you see some of the trees are still burning, but at this point, a lot of the matter has burned up. Mm-hmm. So there are gaps where you can run through, and you just go. Yeah. You just do. Mm-hmm. Where are you going? I don't know. Like, I know that there is a town somewhere... Uh-huh. Out because I know, um, on occasion, people have gone there to mm-hmm. try and trade and stuff, but it's a long ways out. Like it's a several days journey, yep. and I don't know the exact directions besides not off the cliff. Okay. So the other way, you just it. keep running from the cliff. Essentially, yeah. the cliff's edge. Uh, you keep running. You're weaving through the trees. You can see. Um, in a clearing not too far from you, these two massive, like, wooden wagons mm-hmm. that are all decked out in, like, bones and paint and stuff like that. You can imagine this is how these guys got here if they weren't on horses. Mm-hmm. Um, and you run past them. There's not really, like, a camp. There's not anybody staying behind. Um, do you just keep running or do you... Or you just I keep running? I feel like I run until I collapse. You just keep running. You keep running through the trees... You can't hear anything from behind you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's getting dark. Uh, and you run and run and run and run and run for what feels like days. Maybe it was hours, mm-hmm. you know. And eventually you, bleary, break through sort of the tree coverage into a little bit of a more sparsely wooded area. And you see buildings you see this town. Have you ever been to this no. next town? No, you've just heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you you come upon this town that you've never heard the name of or anything like that. And as you step into this clearing, you just collapse. Mm-hmm. Blackout completely. And then you wake up. Mm-hmm. You have no idea how long it was later. I don't think anybody ever told you. Mm-hmm. Um... And you are in the sort of the main what what you would what you would call their clinic, yeah. Which is not good. It's not yeah. great. It's just it's it's basically like a community like a like a, a community sleeping house mm-hmm. sort of thing where like you know the poorest people rent beds, mm-hmm. um, and you're just being looked over by. No one in particular. You were just put in this bed, essentially, by somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, And you see this older man uh, sitting near you. Mm -hmm. um, Who's got this this huge, scraggly, black and white beard. Uh, Is he a human? What is he? Uh... Yeah, he's human. He's human? Yeah. Uh, this old scraggly black and white beard with this, um, like, 
not quite comb over, and but it's he, he's thinning, but he's definitely not you know bald quite yet. But it's definitely mostly white at this point. Yeah. Uh, and he looks at you and he just goes, "Oh, so you're awake," and you recognize him actually. Because you've actually seen him come to town every once in a while. Oh, shit. Uh, this is... You may, you maybe don't remember his name, but you've seen him... He, he, he's actually... He's shown up to town mm-hmm. on days when you are... Uh, on at least a day when you were with Oleg uh-huh. at his shop. And the guy has come and conversed with him and offloaded supplies mm-hmm. and taken... So, you know, he's probably taken like... A, a giant bag of you know red clay. This that's made right. the cliffs is maybe where the best place to get it from. Mm-hmm. And he hands over you know raw iron or something. Mm-hmm. He's traded with Oleg in the past, and you know that this is the blacksmith of this town, mm-hmm. uh, who you may remember was was named Mister Baylor. Right. You never got his first name, but Baylor was his last. Yeah. Um. And he just says that he just says, "Oh, you're awake." And just kind of looks at you. Where am I? He, he, he explains to you that um, you passed out, out cold, and his, his wife found you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are in the neighboring town, the one that you have heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a name for this, this town? Have you thought of a name for it? No. No? No. I don't think, you know, maybe Clay doesn't even, didn't even know. Yeah. Maybe Clay never realized, learned the name of this town. Mm-hmm. Um, but he explains to you that, you know, uh, he's, he, you're, you're in the next town over. Mm-hmm. And he saw you collapsed. And is there anything that you ask him at all? Um, did the orcs come here? Do they are they coming here? He says, uh, "I haven't um, haven't seen any uh, any around these parts." Uh, what what happened to you? The the orc guys came with the with the red armor with the symbols on them with the crushed bones, and they they ruined our town. And he doesn't know what you're talking about. Like he doesn't recognize when you say that you know he doesn't he doesn't have a revelation and realize that you know he doesn't recognize the, that symbol or whatever yeah uh he doesn't even know about a marauding band of orcs but he hears that and he goes that's a did, have i met you before yeah i've seen you come into um oleg's shop he goes oh you're a blacksmith right I am, yes. Art, what, what were you, Oleg's child? Or? I was apprenticing with Oleg. You're a blacksmith. Yeah, I want to be. He takes that into consideration. Um, and I think over the next few minutes, hours, you he, he tells you to get some more rest. You stay in bed, and he comes back after a while. Maybe you're just kind of fiddling with your stuff. Maybe you're just inspecting that key that you were given, mm-hmm. which is very rusty, very dirty mm-hmm. at this point. Very covered in clay. 
and you maybe go to wipe it off and then maybe don't. Mm. Um, and he comes back and you could tell he, he looks tired. Mm-hmm. Like he just, you, you found out later because he had a very long conversation mm-hmm. with his wife and he essentially offers to mentor you. Uh, probably mostly because he feels terrible that mm. this has happened to you. Yeah. Uh, do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he... He doesn't... He can't... You get from what he's saying to you, he can't offer you a place in his home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll sleep in the, in the, in the Smith shop. He's... He, he said... He talks about how he... He mentioned that, but that's not going to work either. But he does say that, you know, you can have a, a bed here in the community house. Um, and you can come work for him in the mornings. Uh, you know, do your best to help maintain the place. Uh, and, you know, you do. And over the next few days, weeks, months eventually years Mm -hmm. you work with Mr. Baylor and his Smith which is respectable it's not as nice surprisingly as Oleg's Mm -hmm. was it's like it's better put together maybe but it's not as nice he's not as skilled Mm -hmm. as Oleg was you know you you get the impression that maybe you're even a little bit better than him Mm -hmm. already Mm -hmm. And you're 12 at this point, I think. Yeah. Um, not often can you go into the shop itself, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, some of the smaller, like the woodworking maybe areas are, mm-hmm. but you stay mostly outside uh, under the canopy where the forge is, where the, the tanning racks are, the mm-hmm. anvil and stuff like that. Um, and you work. And you work and you get better and you see his family. You Mm -hmm. maybe meet his family. He's got a wife and like a a brother who comes to visit every once in a while. Like a brother or sister maybe. Mm -hmm. In-laws. You see them. You don't really ever meet them. Mm -hmm. You maybe learn uh, his wife's name. You maybe learn the in-laws' names. You maybe exchange some pleasantries every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you never really meet them um, and he is kind he is an Oleg though mm-hmm. um, he is as kind as he can be with you mm-hmm. in this town yeah. which is unlike towns that you've seen before mostly because it is most if not everybody who lives here is a human uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, you maybe see some other people, uh, you know, some traders coming in from out of town uh, that are different races, some elves, maybe some some tabaxi cat folk sort of things mm-hmm. passing through. You maybe meet a couple of them, some of the merchants, you know, as he takes, has you take some shipments out to them, some orders to be filled. He has you liaise with the non-humans. Um, and you live there. It doesn't necessarily feel like home all the time. Uh, But you eventually get very skilled. And eventually, 
years later, Mr. Baylor is old and starts getting weaker and weaker um, and eventually is dying. And on his deathbed, not necessarily on his deathbed, he's actually discussed with this with you in the months leading up to his death, mm-hmm. that he wants you to take over his shop. Yeah. And he tells you straight up, he's like, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be wanted, probably. But your quality is going to speak for itself. Mm-hmm. And he tells you that specifically. He says, you know, doesn't matter where you're from, quality is quality. Mm-hmm. And eventually he dies. Um, and you take over the shop. Much to the chagrin of his wife, who is still alive, you don't live in the shop, don't live in the house connected to the shop, that's still hers. You know, the, uh, her in-laws have moved in with her at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you still live in the community house, in the bed. Uh, you know, maybe at this point you've gotten enough money to maybe think about renting a room, mm-hmm. or buying a house or, or building a house on the outskirts of town. Mm-hmm. But you work in that forge and you make some money and you meet some good people and you meet some bad people. And eventually the in-laws kind of lead the charge with this, but eventually you are not welcome anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was absolutely never in writing that this was your shop. Mm-hmm. It was... It, you You carried on for maybe... Almost another year after he died, but it didn't last very long, and they made it very clear that you were not welcome after that. Mm-hmm. What did you do next? Pack up and leave. Just left? hmm Your same bag, your same knife, your same smithing tools. Did you take anything to remember him by? Um, maybe like a notebook? Of his mm-hmm. that he had, yeah, um, laying around with descriptions of how to do certain things. Some smithing, like like a Bible, sort of a right. Gotcha. Yeah, a yeah. smithing Bible. Cool. Yeah, you you take that. You you maybe put it into your bag, kind of quickly and quietly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something I don't think anyone would miss. Yeah, I think that's why you are okay with taking it. Mm-hmm. And you pack up and you go, and. Eventually, you know, you you find another town and you, you know, prove your worth to the blacksmith there or the town doesn't have a blacksmith. I just set up shop. You just set up shop and it works for a while, you know, maybe a few months or a year at a time and eventually it gets weird and you have to move on. And you do this for, how old is Clay when we started? Twelve. Oh, sorry, when we started the adventure. Oh, uh, early 20s? Early 20s? Yeah, I so, thought, or mid-20s. Mid-20s, this happens for maybe about 12, 13 years that you're just scouting all over the place. And eventually you, you land in a town um, much like the, the first town you were in, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you find a smith shop with no smith. 
with no one living in it. It's a <laughs> vacancy that, like, almost serendipitously mm-hmm. was uh, a vacancy that was created not long before you got there. Like, a few days earlier, mm-hmm. they moved to better, to greener pastures. Mm-hmm. And it's a small town. It's a quiet village. Oh, shit. That was the Beauty, <laughs> the Beauty of the Beast. I didn't mean to do that. Maurice, I, I watched that movie, like, three fucking times recently. recently. You, 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 without much... Uh, Without really even talking to anybody, you just kind of move into the shop. You're essentially squatting. And you set up shop and open it up. And a lot of people are just kind of happy that there's a blacksmith again. They're apprehensive when they get in there. But for a good while, it's homey. You know, mostly because you're living there alone. Mm -hmm. And you're always comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Um... People are a little bit tense when they see you step out. It's still mostly humans. And if not humans, it's, you know, elves and halflings who, you know... Look a lot like... Fucking might as well be. Uh Yeah, they're not orcs or tieflings is the point. (laughs) Uh, They're not demon folk. But um, for a while, you're almost happy there. Mm -hmm. And then these two fuckwits... (laughs) The, The name of this town is... Dawn Springs. Uh, and, you know, you, you, you work there for a few months. Like I said, you get some side eye every once in a while. You're almost happy. And then one day, the door to your shop opens up. and ding a ling Yeah, ding a ling <laughs> Okay, the door opens. What do you do? What do you say? Hello, welcome to Clay's Sundries. How many have <laughs> you? Um... And smithing sundries. Clay's smithing sundries. Smithing sundries. And inside, uh, in the, the door, it's a little bit dark in the building, mm-hmm. in, the, in the, the shop, maybe. Um, and in steps, uh, from what you can see, almost of a silhouette, in steps uh, what appears to be a human man uh, and, a, and a much, much shorter man with him. I have to, like, look over there. Exactly, you do, because you're sitting back, you know, tending <laughs> things. And as they step sort of into the light of your oh, shop, hello. you see, yeah, you see a, a human man uh, with a weird thing strung around his shoulder. You don't know what it is, like a box. And you see uh, uh, either a dwarf or a gnome, you can't tell, who's got a big bushy beard. And the human just looks at you and goes, wow, you're big.